Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know what I love about this show? Please say. This is not a joke. No. Back with more of The Other Side of the Glass. All right, I get it. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Eleven of sixteen, two hundred thirty-six yards, and three touchdowns. You want to tell me that a rookie quarterback is not going to make the difference for the Atlanta Falcons? T.J. Stroud just did that in the first half of his first ever playoff game against a Cleveland Browns defense that features Miles Garrett. Don't tell me that bringing in Justin Fields is the answer for the Atlanta Falcons. You go get Jaden Daniels who can do exactly what C.J. Stroud just did in the first half, and this franchise will turn around. Will the guy leading Jaden Daniels, hopefully, be uh, Bill Belichick? I hope not, but we'll see what our next guest has to say about all that and more. We welcome in Christopher Price of the Boston Globe and the Believe Podcast Network. Christopher, welcome in. Before we get to Bill Belichick potentially going to Atlanta, take me back to the start of the decline in New England. What happened over the last three or four seasons that got to this point where Bill Belichick ultimately said, I need to find a new home? They didn't have a clear plan post-Brady. It's that simple. They, they botched the dismount from, from Tom Brady. They signed Cam Newton late. Uh, then they drafted Mac, and Mac had one really good year for a rookie, and then it all kind of went downhill after that. So, if you're if you're tracing the decline of the Patriots, it was it was failing to have a real plan once you lost your franchise quarterback, and you know now what? Four years later, here we are. So, when the Patriots said goodbye to Bill Belichick, they welcomed in Gerard Mayo. What do you think he's going to be able to bring to this organization that it's lacked over the past couple of years with his fresh start? A little bit of youthful energy, a little bit of a fresh start. Like you said, I mean, this is a guy now who's going to be the youngest head coach in the National Football League, beating Sean McVay by a couple of months. And that's something that, honestly, we have not seen here in New England. It's been the same old, same old for the most part. Now, look, for 20 years, it it worked in you know in large part because he had the quarterback and he also had the pieces around him that you know made them six-time Super Bowl champions. But I think people were ready for uh, at least a lot of New England fans. I think were ready for a fresh start, and, and a guy like Mayo I think provides that. I, I also think too that if they had not made this succession plan to hire Gerard Mayo, that Gerard Mayo 
would have gone elsewhere, either this offseason or somewhere else. This is a guy who is immensely respected within the building, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do on offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Gerard Mayo would have been a head coach somewhere, but the Patriots were able to lock him down and, and make him their guy, the 15th head coach in franchise history. For the for the uh, people out there here in the city of Atlanta that don't watch the Patriots week in and week out, who are the foundational pieces that they're going to try to build around now? It's really, for the most part, on the defensive side of the ball. They had a really good defense this year. And, you know, a lot of times this team was basically playing with one hand tied behind his back because the offense was just so bad and so inconsistent most of the season. But on the defensive side of the ball, they have Matthew Judon, they have Christian Gonzalez, a, a rookie who was injured, I believe, the first week of October, if memory serves. Uh, both Judon and Gonzalez were injured in the same game, and that really kind of threw them for a loop. But those two guys are absolutely foundational as to what they want to get down on the defensive side of the ball. They have a lot of really smart, tough, physical defensive players, Jabril Peppers, Jelani Tavai, um, there's a, you know, um, what's with the, oh, Keon White, a Georgia Tech guy. Um, and, and so they really like what they have on the defensive side of all the offense. I don't want to say need to complete overhaul, but, but pretty close to it. So, you know, they're going to start on defense. I think this defense with, you know, with Mayo sticking around, I think this defense, the continuity is going to be there. They're still going to be competitive moving forward. They just need a, a whole lot of help on the offensive side of the ball. Talking all things Bill Belichick, rumors to Atlanta and Patriots as their dynastic run finally turns over with Gerard Mayo replacing Bill Belichick at head coach with our buddy Christopher Price of the Boston Globe and the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you check out his stuff there. All right, when it comes to the offense you were just talking about, is there any way that they do not select a quarterback in the draft? I, I can't see them not selecting a quarterback. Look, they're either going to take a quarterback or they're going to find someone in free agency or trade. They're not going to go into next season with Mac Jones and Billy Zappi and Nathan Rourke and whoever else, you know, you want to stick on the practice squad. They, they have to get a quarterback in there. I, my feeling is you can find a quarter, you know, you can, you can go after one of the top five. I know, I know you mentioned Jaden Daniels there at the top, uh, you know, whether it's Michael Penix or Bo Nix, or you know, if they can find a way to get maybe to the top two and the Bears end up taking someone else, they can get Caleb Williams. But they have to get a quarterback going into this offseason. I, I also think, too, that they need to be able to get a mid-level free agent type who can serve as a bridge guy. Now, I know that there are a lot of mid-level free agent types who don't necessarily want to be that guy, but I like Jacoby Brissett, a guy who's been here in New England for an awful long time, has won in a bunch of different places. I can see them going out and getting a guy like Jacoby Brissett as a handholder, for lack of a better term, for someone like, you know, if it, it, let, let's let's say they take let's say they take uh, Drake May at number three. If May is not able to play right out of the gate, you have a guy in Jacoby Brissett who can help you out, and then you turn the things you turn things over to Drake May. But ultimately, to answer your question, short answer: Yes, they have to go out and get a quarterback this offseason some way, whether it's draft, free agency, trade, whatever the case may be. All right, when it comes to Bill Belichick, you've covered him for a long time. Do you believe that no matter where he goes, Atlanta or otherwise, do you think he is open to being able to be not the disgruntled, callous Belichick that we've seen for the last 20 years? Do you think he's open to going to a new location and sort of changing his methodology in the way that he runs a system? Because 
Christopher, that's my fear. If he comes to Atlanta and things don't start out the way that we all expect to, that he's going to turn right back into a pumpkin and make it an exhaustive effort just to root for this team week in and week out. I'll say this. First off, I do expect him to coach somewhere else. Um, he didn't say it in his farewell address there, but Robert Kraft mentioned the fact that he's, you know, he looks forward to rooting for Bill except when he faces us down the road. So I think the expectation is there that he's going to find a head coaching job somewhere, Atlanta or elsewhere. Um, I did think it was fascinating at the end of the season in his uh, video press conference with us the day after the last game, he talked about being open to the idea of working with a general manager. And that's something that we have never heard going all the way back to the Scott Viola years, you know, 20 or so years ago. So I think he understands, maybe he understands a little bit that at least in my experience, it's too big a job for one guy these days. When he came into the league as a head coach in 2000, all those years ago, there were probably 12 to 15 head coaches who had complete say over personnel. Now it's probably half that, if that. So I think he's aware enough to understand that he's going to need some help. He's going to need some pushback. Now the problem here in New England was he didn't have any contemporaries left really you know the guys that he kind of came up with and the guys you know the the, the guys who you know you might have thought would have you know made a good case to be with him just didn't want to be part of the game anymore guys like Scott Fioli so it's going to be difficult if he goes to the Falcons for them to be able to thread the needle to find a GM who is independent of Belichick but is still it's find some sort of common ground with the coach moving forward look it's going to be a challenge but stranger things have happened yeah, and you mentioned the GM, and that's been a huge point of contention here in Atlanta, Christopher, is that he wasn't at the press conference after they decided to fire Arthur Smith. They kept him back at Flowery Branch, and it was seen in a public light that he was almost neutered, in a sense, in his role as GM. And then they doubled down and came out and said, depending on who the head coach is, that they would be open to morphing Terry Fontenot's role, depending on who takes over. So to me, that was a big old invitation for Bill Belichick to say, hey, if you want to come here, we're not necessarily going to slam the door on you having personnel control, which for me is a little scary because the Falcons also, Christopher, are going to be drafting a quarterback, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's, look, that, that's going to be the challenge, really, is not just settling on Bill Belichick. I, I think that's going to be the challenge specifically for Arthur Blank, not just settling on Bill Belichick, but finding someone who could work with him, finding someone who has some common bro- some common ground with a coach, whether it's a shared background, whether it's maybe that they you know they worked together before, uh, like a Dave Ziegler when you know he was in New England before he went out to um, to, to Vegas, uh, someone like John Robinson who was in New England before he went out to Tennessee, maybe. He dips back into that group of individuals, guys who were in personnel here in New England, guys that he knows, but have demonstrated an ability to work independently of him and whether or not they were able to win his respect. Maybe, you know, that's another story altogether. But it, it, I agree with you. It's going to be very, very difficult to be able to find someone who is interested in working with Bill Belichick, who needs to, you know, maybe you know, take take some great care to you want know, to go a little pushback when when Bill says, "Hey, we want to go with this guy," then. You know, organization says we want to go with this guy it's going to be a challenge to find that individual I agree with you completely no matter where he ends up going if he does come to Atlanta what is one thing that Falcons fans and Falcons nation would be surprised about either positively or negatively about him and the way he runs an organization I you know he's 
I don't want to say he's sneaky funny, but he's under the radar. Like, like he'll make jokes when you least expect him to be, you know, kind of be light. Like the other day when he walked out for his for his farewell thing that he did, um, he said, you know, I haven't seen this many cameras here since we signed Tebow. You know, so it's it's little things like that right. that, that he can be personable, that he can be funny, that he is not the, the gruff Bill Belichick that I think a lot of people have come to understand as his public persona. The other thing, too. For Atlanta media members who haven't had a chance to cover him, the thing for me is that, and maybe this is one of the biggest takeaways, is that, look, I became a smarter reporter for having covered him because if you ask a lazy or disinterested question, if you ask a talk about question, you're going to get a lazy and you know a dismissive answer, honestly. If you, if you sound like you know what you've been talking about, if you've done a little bit of homework and you sound interested, you will get a good answer from him you know, more often than not. And then the other thing, too, the Friday press conferences with Bill are great when it comes to football history, when it comes to talking about the old NFC East days with the, you know, the battles with the Cowboys and, you know, the Washington and, and, you know, talking, he, he would, he would go on and on about his love of, you know, Mark Bavaro and Dave Jennings and his time at the giants and what it was like coaching LT and stuff. So just a few, a few hints for folks, you know, a few things that you might not be aware of when it comes to covering a guy like Bill. All right, Christopher, last one before I let you go. Simply put, if the Atlanta Falcons get Bill Belichick, yes or no, they will still be getting an elite coach in the NFL. Yes, yes. A dated, the day-to-day X's and O's up here. Look, I thought the best course of action moving forward here in New England would have been to have Bill as the head coach and bring in someone that he knows as the GM because day-to-day, week-to-week, he is still a great coach. He is still a great teacher of the game. He's still a great student of the game. But that's the thing that, that drives him is the week-to-week quest. He is excellent. Look, this team, they finished 4-13. They probably should have been worse. They stole the game, you know, against uh, Pittsburgh, and they stole the game against Denver. Um, he finds ways to win with the guys that he's been given. The, 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 he's alarmingly practical at times when guys will go down. You know, it'll be like, well, you know, the fan base might kind of you know, wobble a little bit. No, look, we're going to move forward. This is the challenge. This is the obstacle. We're going to find a way around it. So I think, I guess that's my long-winded answer of saying, yes, he, he is still a great X's and O's coach. It's the personnel questions that I think a lot of people have problems with, and that's ultimately probably what got him into trouble here you know, during the tail end of his time in New England. All right, follow him at the Boston Globe, at the Believe Podcast Network. Christopher Price, really great insight there. Appreciate the time. Pleasure. Take care. All right. You heard him. Now let's hear from you. I'm very interested, all of you out there who just heard that interview. What do you think? Did that change your mind about Bill at all a little bit? I'll let you know if it did for me when we get back. Let's go. 404-726-0929. He said something there at the end that was very interesting. Did Christopher Price's insight into Bill Belichick, not just the coach, but the man, change your opinion on what we could be getting here in Atlanta? Let me know what you think. 404 424-726-0929. Maybe it did or maybe it didn't. You're like, no, listen, I want Mike Vrabel. I want Ben Johnson. I want Ejiro Evero. I want whoever I want. Let me know. Either way, I got an interesting answer for you when I get back. 404-726-0929. Chris Thomas hanging out with you until the top of the hour. Sports Radio, 92 on the game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. to Chris with more of the other side of the glass with Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Very, very interesting insight from our last guest, Christopher Price of the Boston Globe and of the Believe Podcast Network. Listen, guys, he's covered Bill Belichick day in and day out for many, many years. He knows his mannerisms. He knows his ideas. He knows his philosophies. And most importantly, he believes that he's still a damn good coach. And I thought that was a very, very insightful answer at the end because I asked him bluntly, if you missed the interview and you're just turning it, tuning in, hi, it's the other side of the glass with Chris Thomas. I'm hanging out with you till 7 o'clock. Hawks pregame comes your way then. I asked him bluntly at the end of the interview. I said, if he comes to the Falcons, are we getting an elite head coach? And he said unequivocally, yes. When it comes to the X's and O's, Bill Belichick has not lost his fastball. When it comes to being a GM, he may have. And he said, Christopher said as much in the interview. So, to me, if Bill Belichick is willing to come here and play ball, which is a big if, and he's willing to understand that Atlanta is not New England and you cannot act the same way, and you haven't earned the respect here that you had there, and you're willing to play ball, and you're still an elite X's and O's coach, Maybe you can sell me on it. Is it still? Is it my first choice? No, absolutely not. It did not change my perception to that degree. But do I think maybe it'll be less of a disaster than I originally thought? Yeah, which is a great thing because I think it has disaster potential still, but maybe not the grandiose disaster that I thought. Because for me, mm, I thought Bill lost his fastball, and I thought it was pretty clear. But according to Christopher Price, who covers him day in and day out, he says no. So what say you? 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Let's start with Bruce and McDonough. Bruce. Hello. How are you? What's up, Bruce? Uh, I heard the interview, and I agree with you, and I agree with him. But uh, Bill has lost uh, the game. NFL has changed. It's changed. And, you know, all these great coaches of the past, uh, they can't keep up what's going on now. Uh, like the pocket quarterback, that's dead. You know, you got eight teams with foot quarterbacks, and that's doing rushing, that's passing, all that good stuff. You know, uh, my personal choice for the Falcons, and I believe me, I'm a who that, I'm a loyal who that, was what I saw out of uh, Raheem Morris when he took over for Dan Quinn. He was the best coach in the building 
and I still think he'd be a best. He'd be a good coach for uh, for Atlanta. Now let me ask I you see, this though, Bruce. I'm... Let's say they bring in Raheem Morris. What do you do with Ryan Nielsen? Because that's the question for me. Because I don't want to lose him. What I think is that with Terry Fontenot, uh, with if they let him do the picks on this upcoming draft or whatever, getting out new players in and everything like that, he can rally the team to uh, really start winning some games for Uncle Arthur, man. But uh, he put his heart and soul into, uh, I think he won four games uh, when Dan Quayle got out. And I think, you know, you check my stats on this, I think when the Falcons did lose, they were losing by uh, three points, or, well, under five points. But uh, I don't have all that in front of me. But I'm high on, on Raheem Morris. I think the uh, – I thought I read where uh, they, they called him in for interview. Yeah, they're going to interview really him. Yep, him. Yep, yep, yep. They really should give him some serious consideration because he knows the landscape. The players know him, and he's a player's coach. And and uh, when they didn't pick him up, guess what? Uh, the the uh, Rams scooped him up so quick. I mean, he didn't have time to pack his bags getting out of Atlanta. But uh, they really should give him some, some serious consideration. Or if they don't give him some serious consideration, they need to take on some of these younger minds out here because uh, the the old school way of doing things has changed. It's changed immensely. Yeah, Bruce, yes, I, I hear you, and I thank you for the phone call. I got to run just because I got a bunch of other guys I got to get to. Thanks for the call at 404-726-0929. I agree. The Falcons need to go in a younger direction. But if you do bring in Bill Belichick, at least according to Christopher Price, you're going to get a guy who's still fully invested and fully committed to being a head coach, and he's still damn good at it which for me is a bit of a relief because that's a giant question mark as far as I'm concerned. But at least one Patriots insider says that in terms of the X's and O's and the day-to-day operation that doesn't involve personnel, Bill is still as good as there is in the NFL. All right, 404-726-0929. Andrew in Dallas, what are you thinking about Mr. Belichick? Yeah, I mean, I think that Belichick would be a good uh, a good choice. Um, like I said, I think you know, bringing some kind of um, actual attitude to the Atlanta team um, is something, but also the fact that he is willing to possibly work with a GM. Now, obviously, that's a little different in Atlanta because if Fontenot's truly making the decisions, um, does he get to pick the coach? Um, and if he's not getting to pick the coach, does he really get a chance to, to, to help build draft? Well, he's not picking uh, the coach as – I'll let you finish, but he's not – they came out and said during that meeting this week – Rich McKay and Arthur Blank, that it's a, quote, collaborative process, and they're taking input from Terry Fontenot, but the final decision will be made by Blank and McKay. Right, right, and, that, and, that's, and that's where I, I see a problem because <clears throat> then, you know, uh, who's actually making the decision during the draft? Is it also Arthur and Rich McKay getting involved? Um, but one thing I do see with Belichick that could be a, a possible I'm, – I'm a Giants fan, by the way, so I think if, I look at him as like when Coughlin left Jacksonville and went to New York. Um, he was a hard-nosed coach. The you know ownership said, "Hey, you got to take it easy. You know, try to change your ways." Yeah, yeah. If you're not five minutes early, you're late. Yeah, the whole thing. Right. If Belichick can evolve a little bit, you, I think you could see that kind of revival with with Atlanta, um, having a, a a coach that knows the X's and O's, knows how to coach players. Um, but you know, if he does allow somebody else to pick the groceries, I think it's a good choice for Atlanta. All right, Andrew, appreciate the phone call. Uh, that's the whole question, right? You just hit on the entire crux of it. Is he willing to play ball? I spent the first two hours of this show, you know, up here on my bully pulpit basically saying, I don't want any part of Bill Belichick because I don't think he's going to come here and play ball at all. 
I think he's a 72-year-old dog who you're not teaching any new tricks to. I think he's set in his ways. He has six rings jingling and jangling in his pocket, and he's going to say, you know, blank you. I don't care what you say. I'm the Hall of Famer. I'm the GOAT, and I'm going to do things my way. And if he's going to be that stubborn about it and not willing to change, it could sink the franchise faster than they hired him. If you get again, I'm going to say it for one more time tonight. If the Falcons get off to a one and three, two and four start, ESPN, NFL Network, CBS, Fox, all the Atlanta local outlets are going to descend like a flock of cockroaches on Flowery Branch, and they are going to cover pillar to post the quote demise of Bill Belichick. That's how they're going to frame it. That's how they're going to label it. It's going to be he can't do it anymore. It was all Tom Brady. Why did you even keep coaching? This franchise is not living up to your expectations. And he's going to sit there as he does. You know, it really was just, uh, you know, an effort that just wasn't good enough. And, uh, you know, we're going to be on to New Orleans. And it's going to suck all the air, all of the oxygen right out of the room. And there will be a gray cloud with a hoodie over it haunting the entire Atlanta Falcons organization, which is the exact opposite of what this franchise needs. It needs energy. It needs spark, fire, passion. And I'm worried that Bill just doesn't have that. Did he ever? I mean, in his own way in New England. I mean, obviously they were incredibly successful, but I don't think he's that personality is what the Falcons need right now. But I'm a little more comforted after hearing what we heard from Christopher Price. All right, William in Cleveland, 404-726-0929. You're in the game. Hey, um, I'd just like to say that I think that Belichick would be a good coach. Um, Belichick's been to the Falcons the way that uh, Alabama's coach that just retired, Saban. Nick Saban, yep. has been to Georgia over the years. Um took a Super Bowl away from us, coaching. You know, I'd take him because he could put spark in there that we need. Uh, I'd take Mike Tomlin if he decides to leave Pittsburgh. Sure. But it ain't going to matter if we can't get a line to protect a quarterback, but we got to get a quarterback that cannot throw interceptions. So I'll, uh, I'll let you finish up right here and feed off of what I said. But, you know, I think that Belichick is a GOAT and that he could bring spark to the Falcons that we ain't had in a long time. All right, so. William. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. I mean, maybe. Uh, just maybe. I don't think so, though. You really think Belichick's going to come here and be like, at 72 years old, be like, all right, here we go. Line them up, baby. Suicides. Let's go. We're lining them up in you five. Want, you want him to yeah. pull a Dan Campbell and do the up down? Yeah, with whistle, <laughs> whistle blowing. He's running sideline to sideline with the guys. He's got the hoodie cut off. He's got a big sweat stain underneath each armpit because he's working so hard. They they put out some videos of Belichick still in in the in the weight room a couple couple months ago. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I just. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. All right, 404-726-0929. Patrick's in commerce, Patrick. Hey, I don't think Belichick lost his fastball, but he lost his quarterback. And, you know, he just hasn't been much since then. Uh, Grable's okay. You know, I think, uh, you know, we lost the the one coach we should have kept in, in Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, hey, let's see what – 
I don't know. Is uh, I'm sorry, uh, the name escaped me, but uh, the guy in uh, offensive coordinator for the Ravens came from Georgia. Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin, yeah. Yes, I mean, you know, I heard somebody mention him the other day, and I was like, man, that would be that would be perfect, man. He's innovative. Uh, you know, he's got the number one offense in the league. Came off two national championships. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I appreciate the phone call. Todd Munkin to me is a good option. Here's the problem. They haven't requested an interview him yet, and he's taking interviews. Um, I haven't actually seen – here's the difference with Vrabel. I don't think anybody's actually requested him yet. I haven't seen him interview for one job yet. I, was, I have not seen so, any official requests. Uh, if the Falcons put it in, they could be the first. I mean, he's going to have to get his deli ticket in line because the Falcons <laughs> are interviewing – Quite a few um, people, yeah. Yeah, everyone it's and their father. For, I mean, geez. Um, listen, whether it's Ben Johnson, whether it's Todd Munkin, whether it's Mike McDonald, whether it's Anthony Weaver, like if it's any of these guys, man, the one thing needs to be constant. And what is that? It's the most obvious thing in the world, Bueller. You got to get the quarterback right. If you don't get the quarterback right, none of this matters. If Bill Belichick comes in here and they decide they want to draft Michael Penix Jr. and he tears his Achilles in the first week of the season and his career is over because it would be, then what does it matter? If you draft Jaden Daniels, and I don't think he's going to turn out to be a bust. I think he's going to be a superstar. But if he turns out to be a bust, then none of it matters. So all of these hires are contingent upon getting the quarterback position right. For me, it's drafting Jaden Daniels. I think that's the only move to make. You go up, you draft, you do whatever it takes to get him, and you let the cards fall where they may. You don't trade for Justin Fields. You don't you don't sign Kirk Cousins to a three-year, $170 million deal that he's going to want, something astronomical like that. You don't try to get whatever life is left in Ryan Tannehill's arm. That's not what you do. You go draft the guy, and then you fix the rest of the holes in free agency and trades. You got to get another cornerback. You got to get another pass rusher. We'll see what happens. 404-726-0929. We got one segment left. If you want to grab a line on this, Bill Belichick, has your opinion changed? You heard Christopher Price. For me, it made me feel a little bit more comfortable, but not comfortable enough to say, hey, listen, that's the guy I want now. I still want Mike Vrabel and Jaden Daniels. Also, we'll let you hear from Arthur Blank and Rich McKay himself. I've spent all day talking about what they said. I'll let you hear what they actually had to say, but we'll take your calls as well. 404-726-0929. We're wrapping this puppy up on a Saturday afternoon into evening with you right here on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. This is the other side of the glass. Yeah! <laughs> On Sports Radio 929 the game. All right, last chance for romance here on the other side of the glass. Chris Thomas taking you up until Hawks pregame this evening as they look to get back in the win column as they lost again to the Pacers last night. Uh they just have the Hawks number, man. I don't even know what else to say at this point. But we're talking Falcons as we have been all show long to end it out with you on the phones at 404-726-0929. Great interview with Christopher Price of the Boston Globe and the Believe Network at the start of the hour talking about all things Bill Belichick. He's a guy who's covered him for years. And I ended the interview by simply asking 
If the Falcons get Bill Belichick, are they still getting an elite NFL head coach? And his his answer was simply put, yes. He may have lost something on the fastball in terms of being a GM, but when you talk about X's and O's day-to-day preparation and game day, you're still getting the guy that you need. So did that change your opinion at all? For me, it made me feel a little bit better, but not to the point where I would take him as my first choice. So what say you? 404-726-0929. We got Ron in Conyers. Ron. Ron. Yes, I think uh, Belichick would be a great coach for the Falcons. I think he's got a point to prove that he can win without Brady, and I think with the right quarterback, he could probably win a Super Bowl. Okay, but if he still wants personnel control, which we don't know yet, are you worried about him choosing that quarterback? Because I certainly am. No, I wouldn't worry about that. I, th- I think he, he, he sure gave a handle everything. I think he could bring a Super Bowl to Atlanta. I, I would love to see them get Belichick. All right. I appreciate the phone call. I, I'm, I appreciate your optimism on that. I'm just not as old, man. Mac Jones stinks now. I don't know what they did to him in New England. He started off so strong. He came out of college with, you know, all the flair and dramatics at Alabama, and then he had a really good rookie year, and then he just forgot how to play the position. Like, it's rare that a quarterback just falls off the earth like that. Like, one good year, they show a lot of promise as a rookie, and then they just come back and they just – look like they can't play the position anymore. I, it usually goes the other way. It's usually that they start off terrible like a Peyton Manning or a Troy Aikman, and then they turn into the quarterback that we all thought that they would be, not the opposite of that. So I am worried if Belichick still wants to pick the groceries. I would hope if Belichick comes here that they keep Terry Fontenot and they work out some arrangement that Bill is going to be absolutely in charge of the day-to-day stuff absolutely in charge on game days, but when it comes to personnel decisions, at minimum, it's a collaborative effort. 404-726-0929. Aaron is indicator. Aaron. Yeah, well, you know, what I think they should do, even before they hire a coach, they need to get rid of Rich McKay and the scouting team. They need to, uh, Arthur Blank and his general manager need to sit down, get on the same page, whether they want a winning team, a good team, or an average team. Then you go with what you got to do to get your players, and you go with the scouts. Aaron, just hang on a second. I'll let you. I'll let you finish. Just hang on. Just hang on. I would rather go younger. All right. With a good young up and. I got to put you down for a second, just because. Listen, I said this before. It's not your fault. It was much earlier in the show. I've been on since three o'clock. The Falcons are not. Repeat, not N O T. Getting rid of Rich McKay under any circumstances. It's not happening. Maybe if the team goes 1-16 the next three years, they'll get rid of him. But it would have to be something like that. That is Arthur's, Arthur Smith. That is Arthur Blank's guy. That top echelon, private back cigar room, you know, secret club meetings involve Rich McKay, and they involve Arthur Blank. And that's not changing anytime soon. So I get it. A lot of Falcons fans on Dukes and Bell – on Andy and Randy, on the Steakhouse, on every show, have been calling this whole week and complaining about Rich McKay's involvement with the organization. And frankly, to me, it's understandable. The way that that press conference happened with Terry Fontenot not being there 
And the message that that sent to the Atlanta Falcons fan base, and more importantly to me, I think the message that it sent to these big-time coaches that are going to want personnel control, like, hey, this guy is not important enough to be sitting at the table here, so come on down. We'll give you that power. We'll give you that morsel that you're looking for to be not just the coach, but the guy that picks the groceries. That's the message that it sent to me. Now, they did everything in their power as an organization to say, stop overanalyzing it. You guys are making too much of this. He simply was needed back on the farm. There was things going on at Flowery Branch that day that needed his guidance and for him to steer that ship. I, I mean, I don't love that answer anyway. I mean, I don't. I think that your G look because look at the Titans as, as an example. The next day, they did the exact same thing. But Rand Carthon was at that table talking about decisions for the franchise and answering questions from the media. Terry Fontenot did not do that. So what sort of message does that send to not only the fan base and the media, but to prospective coaches that potentially want to come here to say, hey, our GM isn't going to be in the way of us potentially hiring you. We have John in East Cobb. John, you're in the game. Hey. Uh, you and I are simpatico about Mike Vrabel. I'm shocked that they haven't interviewed him. I think he'd be a perfect pick for here in Atlanta. He's kind of got that he's he ha- is a player's coach, but he commands the locker room. And I think that guy would be, unlike Arthur Smith, I think that guy would be a terrific pickup for them. Now, granted, you know, without a QB, you're not going to do a lot. Kind of disagree with you about uh, the kid from LSU. Jane Davis. Uh, yeah, I, you have to understand, man. That guy threw 11 touchdown passes against Grambling in Georgia State. I mean, I mean, you, he, he feasted on a lot of that. Uh, do I think he's a good quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I, I just, to me, you got to do something that's, that's really going to get the fan base behind you. I would go. I would actually really make a trade and pick up Caleb from USC. I would. I whatever needs to be done to pick him up because I think Vrabel and and with him and with the offense that they have, they have some good pieces. I think this could be a playoff team and get to a divisional round next year. All right, I appreciate the phone call. And by the way, he could be coming for my job. That guy had a set of pipes on him. That guy could sling it with the voice. Wow. Man, I better be careful. My whole, I, the problem is Conti's listening right now because we're close <laughs> to game time here. So he probably heard that guy and was like, wow, where's that voice been my entire life? Man, those were some good pipes. All right. But let's talk about what you're talking about. Jaden Daniels can do things on the field that, in my opinion, Drake May and Caleb Williams are not at the level of doing yet. And what do I mean by that? I mean mechanics. I mean surveying the field. I mean decision-making. I mean facing the toughest competition in football, playing in the conference that you played in. Caleb Williams, guys, look at his numbers. The back half of the season. Not good. And then the antics. I mean, I don't personally care about the crying thing. Some people do. I can take it or leave it. I don't care. If he's an emotional player, that's fine with me. That doesn't mean that he can't lead men. The painting of the nail stuff, same thing. I don't care. Express yourself. Do whatever you want to do. To me, if you can lead men 
and you can play winning football on Sundays. I don't care what you dress like. I don't care what kind of haircut you have. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what color your skin is. Win the damn game. That's the only thing I care about. So, for me, Jane Daniels is the guy. You want to talk about inferior competition. Uh, Drake May played in which conference, by the way? Uh, yeah. I think there might have been uh, one and a half good teams in that conference this year. So if you want to tell me about sample size and you want to tell me about who's good against who, uh, I don't think that argument stands up as strong. Great voice, though. All right, let's head out to Ron and Canton. Ron. Hey, hey, man, what's going on, Chris? What's up, Ron? Hey, okay, man. Um, I want you to know, man, I agree with almost everything you said. Um, you're coming with the fire tonight, brother. I like that. But, Thanks, um, man. Two, two things, though. This Belichick thing, I'm with you on that. I don't really want Belichick here. Um, not only are we looking at the fact that he hadn't done anything since Tom Brady left, you, you know, you got to look at his personnel decisions. You know, you say, oh, well, he can't do anything without a quarterback. Well, he picked those quarterbacks, <laughs> you know. He picked Mac Jones. He had Zappi. Those are his guys. And he doesn't have a hope for all of his tenure – he doesn't have a whole lot of players that you can say are going to the Hall of Fame or Pro Bowlers that he that he drafted. Not but lately, the, anyway. At the beginning, he right. did, but a lot of those guys weren't picked yeah, by him. They were, yeah, right. they were already there when he got there. But this is the biggest thing for me that a lot of people are giving him a pass on. Nobody even talks about it anymore. The biggest disqualifier for me is that you let the goat of all, the greatest of all time leave because you thought he was washed up. He went and won a Super Bowl and almost went to another one. That right there alone tells me that Belichick has lost it. He's not capable anymore, and I don't want him bringing that to Atlanta. Now, the other issue I have, though, is you want Vrabel. Why would we go from one mediocre coach who hasn't won anything, he hasn't done anything good except have uh, Derek on his running back? Um, well, that's not – he had a 12-win and an 11-win season in Tennessee. He didn't win anything, though. What did he win? Yeah, but the tight—I don't—the Titans don't have a Super Bowl win in their franchise history. I don't think he had. So he had eleven. He had two double-digit season win, winning seasons. Yeah, he was there so. for he was there for six years. I believe he had okay. two nine-win seasons, an eleven-win season, a twelve-win season, and then the last two weren't good. Okay. Well, you got a mediocre franchise that fired him. I don't know if we want that. We well, want a winner, man. I got to I gotta <laughs> run just because we're up against the break here. I appreciate good stuff. Appreciate the phone call. I only got like two minutes left here before we got to get out of the way for Hawks basketball. Um, listen, you're not getting Bill Belichick in his prime, to use the example. Like, that, that guy is not out there. You can argue it's the closest thing is Jim Harbaugh. But for me, Jim Harbaugh doesn't fit in Atlanta. I just don't see it being a good fit from a cultural standpoint, from a city standpoint, from an identity standpoint. I just don't I don't see that mesh. I, I could be, and if they bring him in, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes in and he does what he did at Michigan with a defense that's lights out and a running game that, you know, absolutely lights the league on fire. For me, Vrabel is the guy. Again, to finish up here, appreciate everyone who called. We took calls in every hour of the show today. It was phenomenal. All you guys love the passion, love the energy. I'll be back with you guys same time next week so we can do it again. Vrabel's coming in here if he comes in here 
with a gigantic fire lit underneath him from the way it ended in Tennessee. He's only in his early 40s. He has a long time left to coach in this league. He's going to make the Atlanta Falcons a hard-nosed team with an attitude. Mike Vrabel is an alpha dog. That's what I want in Flowery Branch. There was not enough of that the past couple of years. There hasn't been enough of that in a lot of years, if we're being completely honest. Dan Quinn was great. He wasn't exactly, you know, the Iron Claw. He was wearing uh, Sons of Anarchy biker jackets, but that was more of a fugazi than anything else. All right, that's the guy that I want. And then at quarterback, it's simple, guys. Jane Daniels was the best player in college football. I love what I see from him on, off the field, and the way that he could process and read defenses. That's the combo for me. We heard from you as well. Thanks to all my guests. Thanks to everyone who called into the show again, tweeted, texted, the whole nine yards. Dom, good job. Thanks to Orrin as well. Back with you, same bat time, same bat place next weekend. It is Chris Thomas with you on the other side of the glass. Enjoy the Hawks basketball. Let's see if they can get a win versus the Wiz. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.